Hello and welcome to the AdNub Podcast, the podcast for the Adelaide.net user group. I'm your host, David Gardner. This is a recording from our May 2018 meeting, Programming in Microsoft Visual F-Sharp with Stephen Hosking. F-Sharp is the third major language in .NET. It's a functional, object-oriented language suitable for most applications and shines in large and or technical projects. There will be a coding demonstration and pragmatic pointers for getting started and progressing to real-world projects. And now, over to the presentation. Thanks, Dave. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. Um, and uh, it's, it's good to be here again. Uh, I did this talk in 2000. I say this talk. This to me is the introduction to sharp. But uh, I did think of uh, pulling out my uh, talk from that slideshow from last time, from demo, and uh, getting out fairly quickly. But uh, I uh, decided not to do that because I have done a lot of F-sharp coding since then, and uh, it turned out to be very interesting doing the whole thing from scratch. And uh, has all of uh, what I've learned um, in the intervening period, and uh, I hope and I've tried, made some effort to uh, focus it more to F-sharp novices. And um, so I'm going to take it slowly at the beginning and then jump up to the, uh, the big picture. So are there any F-sharp non-novices here? Right. Good, I think I'm glad I've tested it right then. <laughs> <laughs> New computer had a few problems with it. From the beginning. Okay, there we go. Oh, come on, please. This doesn't look good. That's what we're doing today. Now, F-sharp is a very big language. It's as big as um, C-sharp, VB, any major language. And once you get into it, see a few examples and so on, it's easy to uh, get lost um, and wonder where to go. There's so many options for how to do things. So, um, uh, this this was a um, one thing at a time. Um, oh dear, oh dear. Looks like I have a N version, N minus one version of the presentation here. I apologise for that. Um, this is the, uh, starts with the Lambda calculus in mathematics, from which there are several programming languages that derive Lisp, Haskell, um, and one of them was Camel, 
which is a uh, purely functional language. It's been around for a while. And then uh, the uh, it was combined with object-oriented programming to produce CAMEL, OCAMEL, I mean. And uh, then Microsoft Research Cambridge, uh, early 2000s, worked on OCAMEL uh, with .NET to produce a version of functional programming that um, has the .NET runtime and then the .NET libraries, uh, .NET frameworks, and so on. And that language is F-sharp. They added um, uh, some... Uh, some significant features to uh, the predecessors, including async and the type providers. And this, they also were responsible for a lot of the stuff that came into .NET over the last 20 years. Um, generics, link, uh, lambda expressions, async, tuples, um, main ones that come to mind uh, have come from functional programming, this side of it, which I'm going to emphasise, via Microsoft Research Cambridge. And uh, there's interesting stories behind that. Uh, the man behind it, Don Syme, uh, tells us how uh, the uh, .NET team resisted um, most of the stuff they wanted to do. Uh, generics, uh, link, and so on. But they forced it through, um, and one of the consequences of that is that if you're up to date with .NET, uh, then a lot of F-sharp is a little bit, you've got a head start uh, on your F-sharp. Um, but uh, it doesn't mean it's not worth learning F-sharp, because you're already getting the stuff. The way I characterise it is that um, C-sharp, um, VB, I guess, so we're not familiar with VB, um, have all grown with these functional features from here. They've, they've been added to it. Whereas um, in F-sharp, via this uh, descendancy, they are the language. Lambdas, um, immutable data structures, tuples and so on, are the whole language, and they've added the objects onto them. Um, so uh, people that have done F-sharp and the C-sharp background have found that even if they don't use it, that it's made them better C-sharp programmers uh, because it's um, getting to the origin of some of these things. It is a different language. Okay. It's a bit of a uh, going by the seat of my pants. I don't know what it's going to... Oh, it work. <laughs> okay. And we'll come back to that. Uh, okay, I apologise. Let's walk straight into the demo. We're going to do the WeatherStar Android app. Don't get your hopes up too, too much. It's fairly uh, inadequate as an Android app. Mm -hmm. 
temperatures. I'm going to start by recording a couple of temperatures. On Monday it was 29 degrees. On Tuesday it was 32 degrees. And now I'm going to write a little program to decide which day was hotter. That's temperature. Well, if Monday temperature is greater than Tuesday temperature. Monday temperature is greater than the Tuesday temperature, then the uh, Monday temperature is uh, what we return, and else Tuesday temperature 
Uh, first of all, no type annotations. That is because uh, F-sharp uses type inferencing and uh, to, and it's a very strongly typed language. Uh, certainly strongly typed to C-sharp. My impression is that it's more strongly typed, but I couldn't quickly explain all that. Uh, now the types here, uh, um, when I hover over it, we do this all the time. Um, that is an int. F-sharp has worked out as an int because of the right-hand value. Um, and similarly for Tuesday. And now our max temperature is also an int. It has worked that out uh, from the um, uh, components. And uh, if I were to change that, 32.0, F-sharp um, has worked out that we have a type conflict. Uh, this is very handy, uh, saves you um, lots of uh, lots of code. You type what you want and then you change it and F-sharp picks up the, uh, the any problems. Um, and I'll just hop over it once. It says, this expression was expected to have type int, but here has type float. So we shall fix that by doing this. Um, and now Another really good thing about F-sharp, it runs as a compiled language, but it is also interpreted. And I've selected things, I'm going to press Alt-Enter. And it shall run them. And um, it has um, given it, evaluated each of those. I can just ask it what max temperature was again. In the interactive session now. And it's an int. And this value is 32. Thank you very much. Um, now, I think that uh, I want a little bit more information out of my program. I'd like it to tell me what day was the maximum as well. So, um, I'm thinking I'm going to need a variable, something like this. Uh, Oh, uh, just before I move on from that, uh, this structure here, looking at all familiar to you, not the syntax, but uh, the, the logic of it. Thank you. Yes. Shout up if you can. Any, anyone want to say? C-sharp ternary operator. It's a, what's happening there is exactly identical to the C-sharp ternary op operator. Um, the old... Uh, but... Uh, it's a little bit uh, more verbose, um, but the big difference, well, um, the C-sharp ternary operator also does type inference when you're on a variable. There are some differences, as we should see. Um, if we want to have the max day as well, then uh, uh, I think we're going to need a variable. Something, something like this, and... You don't have variables in F-sharp. You cannot allocate a name and memory space. What you have to do is this. Let mutable uh, max day. What we're doing again is getting the, the day and the temperature. Equal day. Equal okay. Right. 
we'll put um, we'll make these. Ah, oh, that's what I was thinking of. Sorry, day of week dot Sunday. No uninitialized values in F-sharp, everything has to have a value. And uh, everything is a constant, it's called an immutable, unless you make it immutable. And uh, then we have... Um, we're getting the uh, temperature back, as previously. And we're going to say that if Monday temperature is greater than uh, the max day, which is immutable, it's day Monday. Else. That's the assignment operator there, um, the uh, pointy arrow. Tuesday. Okay, it's a little bit ugly, but uh, just going to make a make a point. Ah, the other thing is that's uh, that red arrow there is uh, telling me that it's um, uh, not lined up. Uh, F-sharp is we use white space uh, for uh, uh, structure in F-sharp. Now, uh, if we run that, it's very handy as well. It's one other thing. Okay, max, uh, it just told me that max day isn't defined. That is because I haven't put it into the... Um, uh, day of week. Okay, I can see... Basically, uh, when you're running in the two uh, interactive and the uh, uh, and the file, you, you have to make sure that everything goes um, that, that you want uh, is gone into both. Okay, now it's worked out that the max day was Tuesday and the uh, max temperature was 32. Thanks very much. <coughs> now, to any F sharp programmer, that is. Terrible code shows that you don't know what you're doing. It's all, all, the, all the wrong way around. Uh, does anyone know enough about F sharp to or, or functional programming to tell me why? Should be a function. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, function is an overused word. There's a lot of. It's not all about functions. Okay, we'll get to that. It's this. Um, F sharp. Um, you do almost everything with immutables, basically constants. Immutable is there um, to make it hard for you, uh, to tell you to find another way to do what you're trying to do. And it's also an indicator of where you've got problems in your program because you build up your program from constants and you only put immutable there when you need it. Um, and then uh, that's likely when, you, when, when the bugs come down the line and you're thousands of lines of code, that's likely to be leading problems that are 
um, the um, basically Ash up um, a you, you only use mutables for application state, something that persists over the course of the application. You don't use uh, mutables for computation. Uh, if you've gone up with um, traditional programming courses, you'll of course uh, make variables and then you run loops through them and reassign them and so, so on. You can't do that in F-sharp without using mutables and uh, you don't use mutables without it looking like this. So how do you do this in F-sharp? Because mutable is telling me find another way. It's this. Oh, sorry, and just one other point for that. Um, the term what we saw there um, was that um, we do two things. We uh, do that, and then we return. That, that, that's our first operation. Then we return a value. Uh, in every, every expression, the last thing on the line is the return term value. Uh, again, as with the C-sharp ternary operator. Now, the way we do this in F-sharp, without using a mutable, is let max t equal Now we're happy. We'll run that in the. Um, we'll come back to that. Next day. Indentation isn't as good, but it'll do. We return a tuple. Uh, we've um, returned a, um, a tuple, that's a, which is a, a day of a week and a temperature, and we've assigned it to uh, two values. Uh, F-sharp has worked out what we're trying to do there. And uh, that, to me, is almost the guts of F-sharp programming. The way we do things is we build values on the right-hand side. We don't do algorithms much. We can when we have to. Uh, we build values. Is that uh, a greater than sign in between the... Pardon? Is that a greater than sign in between the variables there? Uh, yes. Uh, sorry. Um, when you build up that string on that line... Yep. So you're separating the things with the greater than sign? That one? Um, oh, this this one. Oh, sorry. Okay. Thanks. I'm terrible if I let that confuse you. That's an assignment operator. Mm -hmm. Equivalent to... Um, 
the uh, that's how we assigned to the. the I was wondering what the character is. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, yes, yeah, greater than. Okay. Yeah, and uh, that, is it uh, too small? Yeah. Sorry. Is it less than or greater? Uh, greater than, is it? No, no, well, no less than. It's the less than. The left is less than. Yes, it's the less than. It could end up to one hundred and fifty percent size. Okay. Okay. Sorry, that just looks so huge to me. And then, okay. Right. I apologise. Now, um, so this is in F sharp. We don't do algorithms. Um, we build values on the, the right hand side, and then we put them into another values. It's like pipelines. You string together functions that uh, pipeline things together, something comes that goes in, then you build, add something to it, manipulate it, and then uh, something else comes out. Um, and um, that you also do tuples. Um, we can just call this max. Uh, and now it's going to tell us that the... Uh, Evaluate that. And uh, I've lost my sharp interactive. Try again. <coughs> that value across to N is not defined. Yes, that's because that's really. Try again. Um, we've computed a tuple. You familiar with the tuples from C sharp? Uh, well, they all come as first class citizens in F sharp. Uh, you don't have to de declare them or anything. Um, it has, uh, we've built a tuple there and um, called it max. And we can look at it like this. That first. Next, and uh, the first, uh, that's uh, Tuesday, and I'm not actually sure if this is going to work. Next dot, uh, no, uh, depending. I was just going to try the uh, item one thing from C sharp. Doesn't work. Now we're going to uh, move on. And make a function. Let max before a function of uh, day one and day day two be equal. First part of day one. No, if you want the second part, so second of day one is greater than the second of day two. Day one. 
frequency with divine that function. Let's check that it works. And there we go. Maps function of uh, we need Day of week, cost Monday. Uh, the data here, day of two, people. So, we've used type of receipt to declare a couple of tuples, and uh, and now uh, I've declared a function which takes two tuples and uh, gives us the um, tells us which day was the max. And There we go. It worked, fortunately. Um, the, it's re returned a, a tuple that, uh, which has Monday in the value 28. Now, type in parentheses, how the hell did that do all of that? First of all, uh, this is our function declaration. Um, and these are our function parameters. And the second part of the uh, uh, inter, uh, the temperature is a bit weird. That's the temperature. And uh, so for the, uh, the second part, that if day one is greater than two by day two, then the maximum day is day one. Otherwise, it's day two. Um, and... Uh, type imprinting has worked out all the types to go there. And we can do this. Function of row number 28. Maximum is hello 89 because type inferencing 
Ephshaf is strongly taught. It's uh, dictatorially strongly taught. Nazi strongly taught. But it also um, infers the most generic uh, type that it can. What we're looking at here, the, the type of max function is um, those um, is all generic. Um, and uh, and so it's given us a generic function. When we're programming in F-sharp, uh, we often, uh, when we're constructing things, put types on. We uh, Defining the types uh, helps us uh, get to where we want, such as this. And I'll type uh, int. Day of week, actually, maybe. Day of week. Okay. Uh, so I've put here a type constraint on. Uh, that's the other way around from in C sharp. Yeah, in C sharp, it would be like this. Uh, you type and then you uh, day one. But uh, F sharp, it's the other way around. Because you don't use them so often. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have to be. Um, and now, uh, it has also worked out that uh, then if day one, if, if day one parameter is a tuple of that, then the uh, day two will also be the same. And now, hopefully, it's going to tell me that, yes, now, because I've constrained those types, the, we can't do uh, that to a, um, on a string. This is all very, very handy. A lot less code for doing the same thing that you might do in C-sharp. There's no um, brackets, no type declarations unless you want them. Uh, and if you want to change something, um, then you just... Uh, change it and let the compiler take care of the rest um, and particularly go back to what I did here um, where I didn't, I wasn't returning a tuple then I decided that I actually did want a tuple and just added it to it and the um, uh, C-sharp builds it up and this almost is the result of what was come home to me after programming a lot of F sharp, whenever I want to, um, I've got something that's working, I want to change it, so how do I do that? And then I realise, oh, I can just put another value into a, uh, um, into a return, and then the compiler handles it. Um, Pedal along here, almost go straight to the end. Um, before, so I will pedal along and go very fast. Uh, before I do that, uh, yeah, we've got functions and we've got data types and we've got generics. That's it. Yep. You're, um, basically ready to roll. Um, or you need, you need to look at some streaming. Any questions on what we've got, uh, so far? It looks like, uh, it's very much dependent on the indentation, like if you have small structs. 
Exactly. If you don't even deal with property, you, you, you won't know where the LCN is, for instance. Um, the compiler will pick it up. It won't compile. If you uh, don't indent properly, it, it, uh, it, it uh, So can you, for instance, put let max equals on a separate line to the new, on line 22? Do they have to go on uh, the line there, or can the if be on okay, the, good, the good, next good question. The next line? Yep. Uh, what space is significant? Um, if else is not lining up, okay. Uh, <clears throat> but, but, uh, good point, thank you. Uh, it, it, it does matter, and sometimes, uh, sometimes it, uh, you can get away with ugly stuff, but the, the, uh, the indentation is basically it's determining whether, um, uh, whether, uh, uh, the white space is significant. Could you line up the else under the U? Yes, you certainly could. And then left indent the other two lines above and below it? That would work? Could you? So the indentation is at least one space, or is it tab-based? Yes. It's space-based? Or tab-based? Uh, space. Space. So as long as you've got one space, is it? Or? Yeah, one space. Okay. Sorry about that. Any other questions before we sort of pedal along <coughs> almost to the end? Right. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. That, like, like, this one? Good. I'm glad that you, like, uh, 28. Ah, okay, thank you. Again, a very, very good question. Um, you do it quite regularly, frequently, uh, when you're de- uh, developing code. Uh, you have an idea of what, what your function to do. Particularly, uh, the, you tend to um, put a type annotation on the outcome. Um, and that, the type... It's the opposite of C sharp here. The the result of the um, thing is of we'll say of type uh, day of thanks. That that is actually a, a great question. Hopefully it's still okay. Uh, is equal to um, right. Um, is it a star or comma? Ah, thank you. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Well spotted. Yeah. Uh, so it's not working. Either, but we, we, and this is basically um, uh, how you often develop code in F sharp. Uh, you specify your inputs and you more often specify your outputs um, and then uh, make sure that the code matches up. 
and uh, when okay, as an exercise, I shall fix this. It's probably a bracketing problem. Ah, oh, thank you. Well done. <laughs> and there we go. Thank you. Is, uh, is the second part only useful in tuples, or is it if you pass two strings in there, would that infer that it's the second character of the string, or is it just SMD any, simply for tuples? Ah, correct. Uh, thank you. you. You'll be used, that is exactly equivalent to C sharp uh, day one dot item one. Um, that's uh, that's the, uh, or should I say back item two, uh, the uh, tuples that, that's getting the uh, second part of the, uh, of, of the of the tuple, and uh, then once you've got your uh, your function matches up with your type annotations, you take them off. Makes it easy to read, and I've never encountered a case where I uh, want to uh, leave them on. Sometimes I have to leave them on, particularly when you. Uh, it help, uh, in some cases, the type inferencing can't work out what you have without unless you leave the, the types on. But in the basic uh, uh, F sharp, that's uh, that's uh, the, that's how you do it. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to have to just jump to uh, this. I I just I did have big computer problems this week that uh, just got in the way of getting here. Developed here in the last three days, a um, Android app called a WeatherStar, which uh, gets data in F Sharp from the a weather map service and presents it in a graph. It's not a beautiful interface, but it looks like this. I'm just trying to get my. Uh, Okay. Well, we um, uh, uh, what is, okay, obviously that's not a good idea. 
Okay. So you're not used to doing this sort of stuff. Now. <laughs> yeah, I've lost it. Uh, we um, enter, this is the Android app in Xamarin, by the way. Xamarin for Android, not uh, Xamarin Forms. In um, with uh, C Sharp. Uh, for the UI and F sharp, uh, going to the web and the user enter, enters a uh, city name, Gundagai, and then he says, monitor, and it says, it's, oh, thank you, thanks, you, you, lost it. You're getting your data, and after you've got a little bit of data, you can chart it. Display graph. And we get a graph of the um, uh, bottom is uh, wind, wind uh, strength and the top is uh, uh, temperature. Uh, but it's, and this has come from uh, this is the temperature, this is the weather in Gundagai over the last few seconds uh, via uh, the Open Weather Map uh, service. And we'll have a very quick look at how that is done. Um, it's, uh, it will have to stick to the. Uh, thank you very much for the tip on. Uh, um, <clears throat> using a feature called F-sharp type providers. And, um, uh, uses the service is in, um, provides JSON and, uh, the F-sharp, uh, type provider, we give it a JSON feed. There we go. It's quite long. Um, and, uh, get a specific value from it. This is, get, this gets a weather report from Moscow, by the way. And it works out from that, um, what structure of your JSON, uh, the feed is giving you. And the point of type providers is to save you, uh, writing layers of types over complex data types. You know, like your, uh, entity frameworks, your SQL, um, uh, having a, a layer, having, so having, so just having, this is a very complicated data structure in JSON. What we've done here is saved, uh, writing, um, a lot of code to match that data structure. It's worked it out and it comes in the, uh, in the type provider. Uh, this instantiates the type provider and, uh, <clears throat> Report this line here. Um, uses the weather provider to to get the data, and then it uh, 
uh, report. If that report is a, uh, as I'm just trying to find a way to explain this, um, we can now look at the top level from just this section here, uh, where we gave it a chance to work out all, all of the types in that huge data feed. Uh, we can then start using them down here. Um, the, uh, the report is an instance, a record that we've read from there. These things are, by the way, huge. Um, and you can, uh, this is all of the structure that we get from one report. Uh, we probably need to pull it up a bit. 200. Oh, 400. That might be a bit optimistic. Yeah. 200. Okay. Uh, here we are. Uh, IntelliSense. Uh, reminding you, this report we're looking at is one thing that we've uh, read from the, uh, the feed. And IntelliSense is telling us what fields are available on it. There's a base, there's clouds, they have no idea. What this is all one report from a weather item. Um, let's say, uh, to the main, then it keeps, we can keep descending on it, and then there's the temperature, temperature, the maximum temperature. And so on. Uh, and uh, when the system is conceived, I mean, there's a huge amount of data in one of those weather reports, and we can access it all with uh, IntelliSense. And it's, uh, once we've accessed it, if it, cha um, uh, it, it does the type checking every time we read, um, and all without writing a layer of uh, 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 types on it. Uh, it's a very cool feature. Um, and of course, I've changed it and uh, it's going to tell me that it, uh, it doesn't like it. Um, I've changed the type. And now I actually found um, this afternoon I had it running on my uh, thing, uh, Android, uh, on my phone. And uh, then next time I ran it, the same code, it didn't compile. Uh, one of the uh, entries in a report had changed from a um, uh, integer to a decimal type, and uh, that's the point of the one of the points of this type that makes it easier. But it's also to pick up uh, changes that you might be dependent on. And um, we read that report. Uh, let's undo it. Get, get it back to. Uh, Compiling again, that should compile. <laughs> we expose, um, we start to monitor a city. It's, it's good. I'll set up a loop here which uh, keeps getting the reports 
on your city, and uh, then uh, when polled, it returns the reports um, on building up a uh, an array there, adding reports each at a time. This is called from C sharp. My main point in this uh, example, uh, two points to demonstrate that you can uh, have uh, C sharp code calling F sharp. It works and generally works very well, surprisingly. Um, and also that uh, you can, that some of the advantages of having an F sharp layer. Uh, obviously, you can do a lot of stuff with weather. Uh, F sharp would in general be uh, a stronger language to do your computation if you're going to do some uh, mathematics with it. Uh, when it gets back, when you're getting back to um, uh, some hard number crunching, um, F sharp will uh, uh, would be the place where you prefer to work. And we'll just have a quick look at the, uh, the C sharp. Lots of uh, um, <clears throat> managing the UI and so on, button clicks and so on, uh, and handle the, the click of the button. Um, <clears throat> Uh, monitor city uh, was our method uh, down in the F sharp, and uh, we um, we started there. Uh, we don't await the result. We just start. We started the loop running, and uh, when we clicked the button to get the reports. There's a one-liner. Um, when we uh, click the button to, to uh, uh, get the reports, it's a simple matter of um, uh, online uh, calling the, the F-sharp uh, code to get, to get your... Um, okay. Too much code there, sorry. Uh, we'll have to jump ahead in the presentation now. Any very quick questions on that before we go back to the presentation? Yes, certainly. Uh, not yet, but uh, we'd love to put the whole lot up for you. objects. Um, all that we've looked at so far has been purely functional programming uh, coming from the, uh, its origins in uh, 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 mathematics and 
but there is a separate object system which does work uh, very well with the C-sharp OO system, which is what we saw there. Uh, in my mind, it's not a great idea. You wouldn't do F-sharp for the object-oriented program. You can do it. It's not worse than C-sharp object-oriented programming, but it's not so much better that you'd want to take up F-sharp for it. Uh, and here's a quick... When are you going to use F-sharp? My opinion is that when you're uh, using... The, your project is all F-sharp, you're basically flying. The only cost is the learning curve, and then your benefits are that it's uh, uh, about 60% uh, less code. Typically, an F-sharp program is one-third the size of a uh, equivalent C-sharp program. And particularly, we saw the scripting there, uh, and if you've got a, um, a web feed, um, you can... It's so nice to be able to um, set up all of your strings and so on, um, scripting, as uh, I saw, as, we, as I was doing, um, rather than having to run a program. But, if you've got a mixed language project uh, with significant amounts of C-sharp and F-sharp, really be careful. Uh, don't kill yourself. Uh, you, because um, you've got you've got to learn the F-sharp objects as well, and you're running in sort of three paradigms. You're running as... Um, F-sharp functional programming, F-sharp object programming, and C-sharp object programming. And I've been doing that for years, and I still uh, get tangled between a lot of them. I wouldn't wish that on anyone that isn't already good at F-sharp. And the environment, nothing wrong with the F-sharp programming environment, Visual Studio, we saw it working, but it hasn't got anything on um, C-sharp. So if you're going to knock up a website or, or whatever... Uh, go for uh, C-sharp first. Uh, and this is a big red flag. Obviously, don't do F-sharp at the same time as you're trying to learn something else. Um, you are uh, going to uh, fail. Uh, it's assuming that it's a significant... I, because I, I have done my first uh, Android project. I got the F-sharp, uh, Xamarin F-sharp there, Hello World beautiful, then I quickly discovered that everything in Android is Java. All the documentation, all the samples, all, everything on Stack Overflow is Java. This is my first Android project. Uh, and so I, I went with Java and it worked. Now I'm uh, doing another Android project, um, self-funded, and I'm going to do it in F-sharp. Uh, I've got uh, six years of Android and uh, ten years of F-sharp under my belt. I'm quite looking forward to it. Um, to me, that would be project suicide. I hope that you, you don't intend to do it. Um, and going back to this, if you're going to be doing F sharp, this is where your value comes from. The, the camel side, the mathematics, that was what we were looking at with the lets and the um, generics, the functions. And we didn't get to look at it. So they're very, they're actually very strong data types in F sharp. Um, you can have a, no, take a picture of you. No. <laughs> and, uh, the, uh, and F sharp itself has added a lot of stuff to that. Um, 
nothing wrong with doing the objects, but if you're going to do object oriented programming, just use uh, C sharp. And jumping around in there. Uh, and, uh, if you want to get going with F sharp, this is how I think you should do it. Uh, short and sweet. Uh, there is a very, very good video. Um, F sharp to C sharp programmers, 60 minutes. Um, take, fantastic. John Harrop, this man, this book, 125 pounds, UK, well worth it. I, um, and uh, another one there. I'll, I'll put this up on the line. Uh, so, um, and, and that's your, your main reference is, uh, is that it's good to be on the web for you. We're done. Thank you, Stephen. Um, it's uh, food time, so if you've got questions, feel free to come up to Stephen asking your questions, and then uh, Michael is here for the second talk. I'm very relieved because uh, if I had to do a talk on blockchain and mobile, I think I'm disappointed. So, but I'm uh, looking forward to Michael's talk. So we'll, we'll break for pizza. There is. Uh, all different varieties, vegetarian and regular, there's fruit up in there, so um, break for a while, then we'll be back for part two. <coughs>